It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, it's Dan and this is our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And Mary Kay Cabot and I are going to discuss the Browns offense, what changes we think we might see when the Browns offense takes the field this season. So we go through just a bunch of different stuff. We just throw things out and kick it around. It's a podcast, right? That's what you're supposed to do. Anyway, I got to tell you about Football Insider. Make sure you go to cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get a daily newsletter delivered to your inbox written by a member of our Browns reporting team. Access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns. Be part of our texting subscription. It's worth it. Cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get information about Football Insider and get signed up. Okay, here we go. Our Wednesday Orange and Brown Talk podcast. You know, we've been doing this 21 question series, and one of the things I wrote about last week was how the Browns' offense could look different this year. You've talked about it here on the podcast, you've written about it. So let's just dig into it. What could we see differently this year? I guess the first thing that pops in your mind what could be different about this offense in 2021? Well, the first thing that pops into my mind is that I think we'll see just a, a broadened, expanded passing game. And I think that we'll see that because I think Kevin Stefanski will have an opportunity to incorporate more of the thoughts and ideas that he's gotten from guys like Norv Turner and other offensive influences that he's had throughout his career. I mean, it wasn't just, I mean, Gary Kubiak showed up on the scene in his last year and he called that offense because it was going to be the easiest thing for everybody to do in Minnesota that year. And then it was going to be the easiest thing for him to transfer here and call that here because of the pandemic. And it was no time to be reinventing the wheel. Uh, So I think he's going to be drawing on experiences, not even just offensively, but I mean, across the board, but especially offensively from other influences that he's had in his career. So I think we'll see some different things in the passing game and not only things that he's learned from guys like Norv Turner and other people that he's worked with. But, you know, I think he's going to call upon Alex Van Pelt to to provide more input on things that he has done in other places in his career, including Green Bay, where he worked with Aaron Rodgers. I think you'll see more influence from Chad O'Shea, who worked with all those years with Bill Belichick and won Super Bowl rings with the Patriots. Uh, I think you'll see more influence in even in the running game and and the run schemes and the blocking schemes with Bill Callahan. Again, all of those coaches, Stump Mitchell, Drew Petzing, I think that everyone was tasked with bringing something different to the table. 
Nobody will tell me what it is. You've heard me, <laughs> right, Dan? You've heard me ask the coaches, what did you bring back? What did you go find? And what I'm looking for with that quest- question is, I remember uh, the one year where, where Ryan Lindley, I think it was, said that he was going to maybe try to talk to Lincoln Riley about more like the air raid concepts and just kind of pick his brains a little bit on that, right? So that's kind of what, you know, what I'm trying to get at is what did you go out there and find? One of these days, I'm going to get an answer from somebody, <laughs> I think, if I keep trying. If not, I think, I think we'll see it. I think we'll see it out on the field. I think you'll see some different things that they didn't have time to put into play last year. I think those things will show up in the passing game. And I think those things will show up in Baker having more jurisdiction over calling the offense when he's on the field. So I'm glad, I'm glad you went down the passing route first, because this is something that even going back to last year and people got to dig real deep for this, because this was going into like my five things to watch posts that I would do pregame. And I don't know if anybody actually ever read those, but if you did, you, you know where I'm going with this. So of the 10 people that read those, you're going to, you're going to know what this is about. The Browns last year in the first quarters of games, from week, let me make sure I get the week right here, from week 12 through week 17. These are the teams that passed the ball the most in the first quarter. Kansas City at 74%, Tampa at 68%, Pittsburgh at 67%, Buffalo at 64%, and then the Cleveland Browns at 63%. So they were top five in the NFL from week 12 on. And And this is from Warren Sharp's website. From week 12 on when it came to how many times they passed the ball in the first quarter. And that stood out to me because that is, first of all, a very analytical approach to the game, right? Passing, more efficient, passing early, passing on early downs, all of that stuff. It shows that they probably trusted Baker Mayfield a little bit more. And it was just a shift from what they were doing in the first part of the season when they were really, really run heavy. And I think that's what we're going to see. I think that's the direction they're going. You know, again, these offenses that I mentioned, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, you know, you could argue about Pittsburgh in this mix, but those other three are like the top tier, like modern offenses. And I think the Browns want to be considered in that mix. I think they're going to pass the ball and I think they're going to pass it earlier. Yeah, I think that that Kevin Stefanski got sort of unfairly painted into the corner as a running coach. And part of the reason was because when he was in Minnesota, Mike Zimmer wanted to run the ball a lot more. It's why John Filippo got canned and they got him out of there and they installed Kevin Stefanski as the offensive coordinator. And they wanted to see way, way more of the run. So he came here with that reputation. But as I mentioned before, he's had a, a lot of tremendous influences in his life. He's got a lot of very, very strong old school West coast ties, Brad Childress and, and that whole family, you know, then he's got the, the Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, Gary Kubiak family. So I, I think that, you know, we kind of tried to stereotype him a little bit too much and we should not have done that. And as you mentioned uh, that those teams that you're talking about are the elite teams in the NFL and it's pass first. And, and I think that I do think that we will see more of that. Now, I certainly don't think that means that this team is going to eschew or ignore the run in any way, uh, because when you can't do that, when you've got Nick Chubb and you've got Kareem Hunt 
and you have an offensive line that can run block the way that these guys do. I, I don't think they're going to give up on it by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and it will be con- complimentary. It will be multiple. But I do think that you'll see a, a more diverse passing game. I, I think you'll see a more exotic passing game. I think you'll see things that you didn't expect. And, and there was some of that stuff last year, of course. But I also think that you will see Baker, now that he's grown up in this offense, have an opportunity to take the bull by the horns a little bit. Yeah, and just, just for comparison, uh, the first eight weeks of the season, the Browns were down below the league average in passing in the first quarter, pass attempts at 54%. So that jumped almost 9% over those last, that last month of the season. And even without data, right? I mean, you just watch that football team starting in probably the Jacksonville game, but definitely in the Tennessee game. They were attacking through the air. And some of that is the idea of we always think about you create eight man boxes, right? Because you run the football and then you throw against it, but it's almost sort of the opposite approach too. If you throw the ball a lot and make teams go smaller, now you can run against these smaller fronts and you can run against lighter boxes. And that makes life easier for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Absolutely. And and this all coincided too with Baker getting more comfortable in the offense and the coaching staff realizing what he did well which is more play action. Uh, he, he functioned really well out of the play action game as they went along. His, his arm, his decision-making, all of that just got so much better. He cut down on those interceptions and he started being careful with the football. And when you're careful with the football, then you can take some more of those chances. The other thing is that I think they saw a ton of favorable one-on-one matchups as they went down the stretch. They saw that, and Baker is very big on this. He talks about it all the time. Baker looks for the one-on-one and always believes he can win the one-on-one matchup, not just because of what he can do, but because of the quality of his receivers and how they can beat their man. So he felt very confident with all of those one-on-one matchups. Part of that is his accuracy, his ability to fit it into a tight window and just feeling super confident that if he's got a guy downfield one-on-one, that's their ball. I think that had a lot to do with it. And I do think you'll see more of that, but some of it, had to do with the fact that they played some inferior defenses down the stretch. And when they play better defenses, it's going to be harder to do that. Now they're a better football team now too. the Cleveland Browns are, so they will be better able to stack up against better defenses, but when they face those better defenses, and it is a little bit harder uh, to accomplish what you want to do, then you can mix it up more and you can run the ball. Uh, So I think matchups will dictate some of of what they decide to do yeah I mean you look at some of these teams they faced Jacksonville was 31st in pass defense TVOA Tennessee was 30th Uh, I mean the best team they probably faced was Baltimore who was 10th uh, in in pass defense TVOA and they and they had success against Baltimore but yeah I mean they certainly benefited from I mean that Tennessee game was playing a big 12 defense so something you've talked about and this is something I'm keeping an eye on too, is personnel groupings. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that they were very heavy personnel last year. I don't think, I can't remember them running a four receiver set. Now I've seen that maybe they ran one or two, but I can't remember one. It was mostly three receivers was the, the farthest they would go. And even though 11 personnel was what they ran the most, it wasn't anywhere near the league average, which is around 60%. I believe the Browns were in the forties. So that's something I know you've kind of been harping on is different personnel groupings featuring more receivers. 
Right. And they have the horses to do that. And that's when I talk about that these guys went forth to bring something back. Maybe somebody did go, you know, really get well-versed in four verts, you know? I mean, maybe somebody did that and they will incorporate some of that this year because they do have the guys to be able to do it. I mean, would it be the worst thing in the world to see Odell, Jarvis, Richard, and Donovan Peoples-Jones on the field all at the same time? I mean, would that be so horrible? I don't think so. I think you can do some interesting things out of that. It's not going to be something that they're going to do quite frequently, I don't think, but uh, I think it's something that they can incorporate because they have the personnel to do it. And that is one thing about this coaching staff. They know how to play to the strengths of what they have in front of them. They're not going to try to take a roster and fit it into a scheme. They're going to take these players and they're going to maximize their ability and their talent. We saw them do it with Baker Mayfield. Now, the good thing with these guys is they have something of everything. So it's not like, oh, well, geez, we can't really run the ball or boy, we can't, you know, we can't pull, uh, you know, we can't go deep. I mean, they, they can do anything they want. And there, at, at times last year, it almost seemed like child's play. Now, remember, the, the Steelers rested their, their starters in the season finale. And as you mentioned, there were other defenses in DVOA and other statistics that they just weren't that great. I mean, they played some bad defenses last year. And I think we must remember that. I think we have to keep remembering that they played some, some defenses that you could just go out there and score 35 points on at will if you were the Cleveland Browns in that offense. There will be games this year where it's not going to be that easy. But I think that you will see more three wides. I think that you will see more four wides. And the biggest challenge for this offensive coaching staff is going to be there is an embarrassment of riches on this offense. There is an embarrassment of riches, and they're going to have to try to figure out who they are and what they are. And maybe they're a little bit of everything. Maybe they are so multiple that it just depends on who they're playing and what those specific matchups are in that coming week so that they're not necessarily going to be a two tight end run oriented offense. They're going to be a whatever the game plan calls for that week so that we can use our personnel the best way that we possibly can. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to balance the idea of, you know, everybody wants to see the two backs on the field together, but you know, when you have two backs on the field, you've got to take somebody else off. If you have three tight ends, you got to take somebody off. If you have four receivers, you got to take a tight end. You got to take your tight ends out basically. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's sort of what they have to balance. And I think they'll find a way to keep a Rashard Higgins happy while still getting Donovan Peoples Jones some work and getting Kareem Hunt, getting creative with Kareem Hunt somehow. And it's actually why I almost don't know if we'll see two backs on the field a lot. It almost feels like they just prefer the idea of, pound somebody with Nick Chubb for three quarters and then hand the ball off to Kareem Hunt in the fourth, in the fourth, you know, even though, like I said, they probably aren't going to run as much as they did last year, keeping those guys fresh seems like it's a priority to the, to this staff. Yes, that that's very true. That at least that is what they have told us. That's what we've seen them do last year. And that's what it seems like they told us they would like to do going forward. But I do think that there will be times now that they know exactly what everybody can do where it will make sense to have those guys on the field, not necessarily in the backfield together. Obviously, there's so many ways you can use Kareem Hunt, slot, wide, backfield, whatever. 
I mean, when you're thinking about getting your pro bowlers onto the football field, that's one way of doing it, right? I mean, if you put Kareem, Nick, Odell, and Jarvis, and, you know, I mean, you, you got four pro bowlers on the field right there. So if you want to get your best players on the field, that's one way of doing it. It's not going to be easy. Once again, I am very curious to see how this offensive coaching staff is going to use all of this personnel because I, I think they are spending some of their offseason wondering that very thing themselves. How could you not? How could you not wonder how you're going to use three really good tight ends, four really good receivers, two really good running backs? I mean, how could you not worry, not worry, but how could you not wonder how you're going to make this work? You know, at some point, somebody will get hurt and miss some games or something like that. But yeah, when this roster is healthy, it's, it's going to be interesting. And you know, you mentioned four good receivers, Anthony Schwartz, too. Mm-hmm. I, I know that I've sort of been pumped the brakes on Anthony Schwartz guy, but I also am really intrigued by that speed and what he can do if you get him in the right matchup. And he ends up, Kevin Stefanski managed to get a linebacker on Odell Beckham in spots last year. Mm-hmm. Well, he can definitely figure out a way to get a bad matchup with Anthony Schwartz and just let him run by somebody. Oh, absolutely. And even, even if it's a a fast cornerback, it better be one of the fastest cornerbacks in the NFL. I mean, this guy's got world-class speed. I keep seeing him tweeting about, uh, you know, Olympic trials and he's got one eye on, on these sprinters because he's one of them. He's right up there. I mean, he can run that fast almost. So yes, I definitely think that uh, he's someone that they would like to put a package of plays in, as we've talked about before, not just because of what he can do on game day and what he gives defensive backs Uh, to think about on game day, but what he gives defensive coordinators to think about during the week. How are we going to make sure this guy doesn't get behind us? The key for Anthony Schwartz is going to be to make sure that his hands are up to the task. He's got to be able to catch the ball. If you're going to, if, if it's going to be a legitimate bona fide threat that you get him behind everybody, you have to know that they're going to be willing to throw the ball to him. And if they're going to do that, he's got to be able to catch it. And that's where I think that Uh, Chad O'Shea comes in. That's where I think the mentorship of Jarvis Landry comes in. I think before too long, he will have made up for some of his deficiencies in catching the football. I think he's going to come up that learning curve pretty quickly. And and he's got to be able to block too. Mm -hmm. They're going to put him on the field. He's got to be able to block as well. So, you know, a little bit of a project, but they're going to be able to get something out of him. And for sure. The one other thing that I'm really intrigued by is the tempo of this offense and not even so much like, Oh, are they going to play fast? Are they going to do this? But like one of the things I was really interested in last year and I didn't watch 16 Rams games, but there were some Rams games last year. I know there was one on, I think it was a Thursday night. I want to say against the Patriots where they were doing some really weird things with tempo. You know, they, they break the huddle late and get up to the line and snap the ball before the defense could really figure out what was going on. And then the next play, they'd kind of slow it down a little bit. You know, it's just very interesting things with tempo. And a part of me wonders if that's sort of the next evolution here in in offensive football. And Kevin Stefanski is going to be right there as as offenses evolve. He's going to be right there looking at these things. So I just wonder what the Browns will do with their tempo. I think they'll play a little bit faster but I also think they're going to do some different things to, t- to try to control the tempo offensively that they just couldn't a year ago when everything was virtual. I 100% agree with you on that. 
that is going to happen. You are going to see that. You're going to see that change up. And that is also what I mean about, I do think that you will see Baker Mayfield take a little bit more ownership and control in what they're able to do. Now they can build on the fact that he's so confident in this scheme. He knows what he's doing. For the most part, his footwork is where they need it to, to be. He's not trying to get muscle memory down this offseason. So now they can build on what they did last year and they can incorporate some of the tempo changes. And I think for sure that you will see those things. And I think he can handle, you know, no huddle or whatever they decide to do. I think that, that he's up for that now. And I think they all are. It's a, this is a very smart football team. They are not messing around when they talk about tough, smart, and accountable. Uh, and when you have really smart, high football acumen players like the Browns have, you can do those things. You know, you can you can do those kinds of things uh, because they can get it. And even the young guys get it quickly, in my opinion. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones picked things up and he looked like a smart football player in the limited opportunities that he had last year. So I think you can change up tempo. I think you can. Uh, do some of those tricky, sneaky little things that you're talking about when you get up to the line. Baker seems to have some Peyton Manning-like qualities where you can do some things when you have a guy like that and all the talent around him like this. I thought there were times, actually weirdly in 2019, when, when the Browns would go a little quicker and Baker would look sharp. You know, he'd complete a pass. He's kind of a, he can be a momentum guy. You know, when he kind of gets, when he really gets going, like he can have a run like he had against Cincinnati. And when you pick up that tempo a little bit and he can kind of go up to the line and, and look over the defense and he's kind of in charge of everything. Mm -hmm. you, you know, obviously everything in 2019 was such a mess. It never really quite got to where it needed to get to in that regard. But I think there's going to be some opportunities there, like you were saying, for him to really control the offense. And, and we'll have some of those Bernie Kosar like stories of Baker drawing up plays in the dirt or whatever. Yeah, he, he's got that in him. He has got that in him. And one of the reasons why we know he has that in him, if you can adjust to three different regimes in your first three seasons and still go out there and play good football, like he did last year in his third regime, his third set of play callers last year, you know, he's picking things up quickly. I mean, You've heard what the you've seen and heard what these plays look like and what the terminology is. It's very complicated to switch that up at least three different times already. Uh, he's got some smarts going on upstairs when it comes to uh, being able to do what he needs to do. And they're going to take advantage of that. And now he has, you know, he just has the confidence in him and he knows that they're going to put him in situations where he feels most comfortable. I mean, when you look at the first game that he played, against the Ravens last year, they thought they could kind of, you know, keep him in the pocket and let him do his thing. Well, they found out quickly, especially when you've got a six foot eight Calais Campbell standing there trying to swat down passes, maybe that's not the best use of Baker Mayfield. Uh, so then, you know, they, they started getting him out more, uh, moving him around a little bit more, getting, getting him out of the pocket and throwing on the run, which he's really, really good at. I mean, he is great at that. Yeah, they'll take advantage of all of those things. And I think it's going to be really fun to watch. I think this is going to be a really, really fun offense to watch. And it's almost going to be, there's, like I said, there's almost too much to work with, if that's even possible to say. There's almost too much to work with on this offense. And reining it in a little bit and figuring out 
what to do when will be the biggest challenge. I mean, this is almost like a high school team that all these guys came up together and they were sophomores last year and now they're, they're juniors and they're all back. And I, I mean, that's the other piece of this. It's like, it's not just Baker and Stefanski and Van Pelt and the rest of the staff. It's also like the entire offense is back and there's a couple additions, but there's no really new, you know, you don't have to replace one guy with another. It's just, you're stacking on top of what you already had. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And when you do that, then you can have even a little bit more fun with some of the things that they started to do last year. I mean, it's not like they were vanilla and boring. We saw jet sweeps. We saw halfback passes. We saw Jarvis Landry to Odell Beckham Jr. Touchdown. We saw reverses. So that's another thing about this offensive staff is they, they have a bag of tricks and they are not afraid to use them at all. And now I think they will build on that. One of the reasons for that is because when you have an Odell Beckham Jr., who knows, maybe it might take a little bit of time for he and Baker to get on the same page in the first quarter of the season. Maybe not. Maybe from day one, they're going to light it up together. But if it takes a little time, they have a lot of things that they can do with Odell Beckham Jr. And they will do those things. Kevin Stefanski understands the importance of the weapon that Odell Beckham Jr. is. So he will, he'll do those kinds of things with him. I think he'll have him throw the ball this year. I think it's time for an Odell Beckham Jr. to Jarvis Landry touchdown pass, right? Or to someone else, whatever. But probably that combo, I think, would be the most uh, interesting. And then there's so many different things that you can do with the versatility of of these players. But I think that Kevin Stefanski understands what he's got in Odell Beckham Jr. And he's not going to let him feel not a part of things. He knows he's got to get him involved early and he'll do that. And they, they know when you've got a guy like that, a superstar that he gets hotter as the game goes along, if you get him involved early. And that's what you saw in that Dallas game. I'm going to make a bold prediction here. We're recording this on June 29th. Everybody's listening to this on June 30th. So on the last day of June, I'm making this bold prediction. Kareem Hunt's going to throw a touchdown pass to Nick Chubb. Ooh, I like that idea. You know what? There's 17 games this year, so why not? Uh, He does everything else. He does everything else. So let's have, I think we need a touchdown pass. I think Baker needs to catch a touchdown pass this year. But Yeah, for sure. That's coming. Odell needs to throw one to Jarvis. Jarvis to Baker. (laughs) Jarvis to Baker and Kareem to Nick. I mean, if we don't have those three three things, I'm going to be very disappointed. Kevin, if you need help designing some plays, we're here. We've, <laughs> we've got some time here in the next yep. month or two. We can, we'll sit down. We'll meet with you. We'll go over, uh, you know, we'll go over wherever you're on vacation at, Kevin. We'll come meet you there and we'll go over some plays and some play design and, and all of that. Absolutely. And it was funny. Someone was asking me on a, a radio show, I think it was today, what do the coaches do uh, in the offseason? Do they take some time off? They do take time off. But as I mentioned on the radio Even if they're on the beach, they're drawing up (laughs) plays in the sand with their toes or with their fingers or whatever they're doing, because coaches never really can take time off. They're always thinking about what they can do in a football game. That switch is never off. Nope. You just, you can't, you can't shut it off. All right. There we go. Our uh, Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you're a football insider subscriber as we get through July and head into training camp. We're going to have lots of stuff for you coming your way. So you want to go to cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page and make sure you're subscribed 
to our podcast, wherever you listen. Mary Kay, I'll talk to you later. Sounds great. 